Welcome to the Next Steps to Better Days podcast with your Next Step coach, Adonis Lindsay. Hey everybody, Adonis Lindsay here. Thank you so much for tuning in to Next Steps to Better Days podcast. I am always, always honored and just overjoyed to be bringing these podcasts to you guys. And thank you, as always, for just doing me that huge favor. You guys are doing an awesome job of sharing this podcast with all of your family and friends because I continue to get messages from people that say so-and-so told me about the podcast. So thank you guys for helping me out by spreading the word about Next Steps to Better Days. I am really, really excited about today's program. I know it's going to probably empower a lot of people parents out there. You know, we're going to be talking about uh, connecting with your your young students, your young children, your preteens, your teenagers. We live in a, a world today where it seems to be uh, some sort of disconnect at times, especially with parents trying to, uh, you know, I come across parents all the time pulling out their hair, for lack of a better term, to, to try to break through with their young people. How do they communicate with them? Or they feel like they don't know how to communicate. Well, we've got with us in the studio uh, somebody who's going to help solve that problem. We've got Dr. Greg Jorner. Uh, he's a student ministries pastor. He's an author. Uh, we're going to be talking about his brand new book called Riser. Uh, I'm holding it right now in my hand. It's a practical toolkit for strengthening your relationships with young people. Greg, welcome to the show today. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Adonis. It is a pleasure to be here and certainly excited to talk about this topic. Dear to my heart, obviously with two kids of my own, having worked with students for so many years, right around 20 years, and you know, that number one thing parents bring to me day in and day out is, Greg, I'm having so much trouble connecting with my kids right now, and it's usually around that time they hit middle school, somewhere in there, middle school and high school, and so, you know, near and dear to my heart, and so I, I took this thing to the, to, the, to the max. I'm doing doctoral work around it, and I want to figure out this thing called communication with young people. I'll tell you what, I know a lot of parents will appreciate this podcast, and also we'll tell you how to get Greg's book later on in the show, but you're definitely going to want to pick that up, so that'll be that, that resource and that toolkit and that, that, that guide you can go to when you're having those struggles of trying to communicate to your young person at the house. You know, Greg, uh, you know, me and my wife, we talk about it all the time. Our kids are, as they've grown in different stages, they're, they're eight and six, but we still have sometimes those challenges of how to, mm-hmm. how to correctly communicate to them, you know? And so then I have people, uh, always ask me, Adonis, how do, how do I break through to my teenager? You know, what's going on and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's just one of those struggles. I believe that a lot of parents deal with. And so, Greg, before we go any further, just the title of this book. I mean, when I saw it, I thought Riser, and I thought, okay, what is that about? So can you tell us what exactly uh, is a Riser conversation? I've never heard that term before, but but I know you're going to explain it to us. So what, Greg, what is a Riser conversation? Absolutely. So the, the idea of Riser honestly comes out of my own life. It comes out of my own story. Uh, growing up in a small town and, and actually when tragedy hit. So it came out of a lot of pain where I lost a, a best friend in an accident. And so we'll tell that story here in just a moment maybe. But um, so this idea of Riser, it comes out of the most meaningful conversation I have ever had in my life. And as I think about that conversation, there are certain elements to it that I see pop up all along the way with uh, the folks that I work with day in and day out. They work with young people and I see these characteristics and 
these parts of these conversations that I'm trying to capture, and that is what Riser is. It, it's capturing all of those qualities of conversation that matter most to young people. Wow, that is so key right there because, you know, what you just said, capturing those in those conversations, those elements that matter most to young people. And I think there's a lot of parents at times, Greg, we because of the disconnect with the, the <laughs> just the age disconnect. Absolutely. And so, you know, uh, we grew up in a different world than what our children are coming up in. And so they're just exposed to a lot of things. Uh, but trying to remember what's important to them, mm. uh, what's of value to them. And I think that is key when you're communicating uh, with your young person, your, your preteen, your teenager. God knows I'm dreading uh, the preteen and the teenage years <laughs> with my kids. And and so, uh, but thank God for this book, Riser, that I'll be prepared uh, when that, that time comes. So Greg, let's let's just dive into this a little bit more. Uh, you know, a lot of times people come up and say, you know, Adonis, I'm having trouble trying to uh, have a conversation with my kid. They just seem uninterested and they only give like a one word answer how if, if there's parents out there right now struggling and they want to move in the conversation beyond just their kid with a one word response what are some of the next steps they should begin to take Greg mm-hmm. well there's so many so one of the things behind the idea of riser that I love so much is this idea that in conversation we have the opportunity to focus on the person not the problem mm. and that's that's a strong strong point to remember in conversation especially with young people uh, and so every time I'm in and around young people, that's something that's in the back of my mind as I'm always thinking, what's going on with the person? And I think riser conversations, you know, they're ongoing um, conversations. There's, there's no, in other words, there's no silver bullet, okay. you know, with yeah. young people. But um, if you have this model in the back of your mind when you're sitting with people, it is an incredible tool to help you focus on the person, not the problem. And I have found that young people really, really respond to adults who, who, who sit with them in this type of way. Wow. So is it more or less if you're interested in things that they're interested in, if you're, you're trying to, to, to bypass, uh, like you say, the problem, the, the elephant in the room, whatever it is, the situation, and it's like sitting down with little Johnny mm-hmm. and asking Johnny about his day. How do you get that kid to open up about the day? Because we, we had that with our 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 he's our oldest son is is eight years old right now. But there's times where it's like he'd come home with like, hey hey Grayson, how was your day? It's good, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, let's let's sit down. And my wife is real good at that. Let's sit down and tell me a little bit about your day and having him to open up. So what are the things should we should we stay after our kids to try to get them to open up? Or there's some 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 tips to get them to open up? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think one of the, the most practical tips we find throughout the riser model is this idea of asking more open questions with our kids, especially. And so what begins to happen is, is you know, the, in the routine and the day in and out of, of working or spending, you know, with your own kids, especially, is you start asking questions that are a little more routine and they're very closed. So how do you know if you're asking closed questions? <laughs> That's the biggie, right? That, yeah. Well, it. Can it be answered with a yes or a no? All right. If that's, <laughs> a, that's, if that's the yeah. case, you got a closed question. So what I like to do is work with people, especially our volunteers with teenagers, on how do you ask open questions? Wow, that's good. So when you open a question up, you take it to the idea, and you're creating more possibilities. And here's what I'd say makes a question really powerful. Is it drawing out of the person or pouring into? And so... We talk about questions a lot that draw out, right? And so these have to be very open questions where you go back to the main idea. Wow, that is so key. You know, I never thought of it that way. It's like, you know, asking our son, how was your day? 
is good. So mm-hmm. he feel like he answered the question and yeah. that was it, you know? Yeah. So those, that's a great tip right there, you know, having uh, those open uh, questions that, that can produce some dialogue. Uh, between parent and the child. I love that. I love that. Uh, now, Greg, you mentioned this earlier. Uh, uh, you know, Riser came out of or was birthed out of uh, an experience, a childhood experience that you went through, uh, a tragic moment. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I know you intrigued the audience and the listeners when you mentioned that. And so uh, tell us about that life-changing event that that just has stuck with you over all these years and and produce uh, what we're reading today, Riser. Absolutely. Um, so this story, you know, it, the book starts out with this story, which I encourage you highly to check this out because you're going to get the full story, right? So, um, but if I reflect back on this just for a few moments, I'll just say this. Back in 1996, I... Uh, I was down on a baseball field playing uh, playing a home run derby, you know, with a group of friends. So we were we were in tenth grade. Okay. Uh, right about the time, there's just a lot of questions swirling around, and and we talk about this. So um, all these questions in adolescence between identity, autonomy, belonging. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're just you know that's driving everything. And so, but the thing is, we're alone. It's just us on this baseball field, and the lights. You and your are friends. On. Yeah. Okay. And so this particular moment uh, that night, I was I was up to bat, and my friend Brian was pitching. And so, as Brian pitched the ball, I mean, you know, home run derby, you're you're trying to hit a home run, so you're swinging as hard as you can. So I swing and I hit this ball, and I remember seeing it go straight back at him, and it hits him kind of right here at the base of the neck. And man, the next thing I know, Brian collapses on the mound, and wow. I am standing there motionless. And he's fallen, and so there's five other teenagers all by themselves out on this field, and so we all uh, come to the pitcher's mound just to kind of see, like, what is going on, what's happening, and and I noticed pretty quick it it was really serious, you know, his yeah. breathing had changed, and so you know we're looking around, none of us know CPR, so we one of us just runs for help, you yeah. know, and so I think in that moment the helplessness I felt in that moment of what to do was a big part of that story. Um, so the next, you know, the next three days, honestly, were just a whirlwind of emotions as he's, you know, he's on life support and Brian loses his life. You know, I, I, you know, three days into it, I'm with his parents. I'm watching, you know, their side of grieving his parents and I'm dealing with my role in his death. And you talk about one of the most life giving conversations I've ever had. And it had to be the moment when his mom came up to me and said, um, Greg, you know, this is not your fault. And to have that conversation yeah. with her, I I will never forget the life, uh, and the and the healing. Even that you know that conversation, one yes. conversation, oh yeah, brought to my life. And I said, um, this is this is something I want to be about. I want to want to speak life into other people. I want to make sure that they know, you know, all these things about these things that they struggle with, and you know, in adolescence, being a teenager, and yeah. so. She was a part of that, and that was the start of it for me, probably the most meaningful conversation I've ever had in my life. And so um, I think that's that's what's driving this idea. That's what's yeah. driving Riser. And yeah. so, um, and it's always in the background when I have conversation with young people. I'm sure, man. Yeah. You know, and, and to think about that, you know, I love what you said. You said, you know, uh, she brought life back to you. Mm. And there you were, 10th grader. Uh, lots of emotions going on, probably feeling guilt, like, like, man, this was your fault or whatever. And, and to have somebody, an, an older person, an adult, uh, speak something into you that took away all of that and, and brought some life back. I love that. And that was, that's mm-hmm. very powerful. And obviously it was powerful because it stayed with you. Yeah. And you felt like somebody had a conversation that, that, changed your life mm-hmm. and gave you some direction mm-hmm. and brought you out of 
the the emotional pit that you were mm-hmm. you were swimming in in, in mm-hmm. the moment and so that is so important guys you just never know uh when you're going to speak life to somebody mm-hmm. and to have the right words to say uh to be able to speak to another person and to have their life altered and changed by something you said and i think all that is going back to those powerful mm-hmm. conversations uh that are intentional with young people, uh, that man, that's an amazing story. And you know, like you said, it's it's in the first chapter of the book Riser. He goes it into is. more detail and more depth. Uh, and so it's just a great way. I thought that was when I read the book, Greg. I thought that was a great just way to open up, mm-hmm. and it captures the hearts of people and it captures mm-hmm. your attention, and it kind of allows the reader to go on this journey with you. So mm-hmm. thank you for being vulnerable yeah. and open uh, in sharing that that part of your, your life and your journey uh, with the readers of the book. That's, yeah. that's awesome. And it always reminds me that I just, honestly, I, I don't know what's going on with young people. Yeah, uh, We don't know who's been a part of their life. There's just certain parts of their life they may not have shared or walked through or talked about. And so... When you think about asking open questions, I, I think, you know, that's, you know, communication is the bedrock of everything, right? It's it's what we have, right? And so um, leading young people by listening yeah, is a big part of, uh, a big part of the book as well. And so I want to, I want to spend a lot of time listening to young people. And so that is also what, what made the difference for me. You talk about the adults in my life, particularly around that story that just sat and listened Listen to, you. to me, what was going on with me. Um, and so that's why it starts, you know, with the word reach, uh, reach beneath the surface because yeah. there's just a lot going on beneath the surface with most people. Yeah. And so the first step in that honestly is just listening. And so the skills behind listening is what don't come natural to people surprisingly. Yeah. And so that's what we dive into there. Now, now so. you talk about that in your book. You say there's two kinds of listening when you, when you address mm-hmm. parents and, and how to really listen to your kids. Mm-hmm. And what are those two types of listening? Uh, that you talk about in your book. Yeah, think about this next time you're talking to your young person. Think about uh, the difference between me-centered listening and other-centered listening. You know, as a parent, okay. you know, I'm, I'm with my, my little girl, my little buddy, and I'm thinking, you know, when I'm listening, a lot of the times I'm really honestly listening. What does this mean for me? You know, what is this going <laughs> to, what more work is this going to create yeah. for me? Like, how exactly. many more fires am I going to have to put out? Exactly. Um, but other centered listening is some it's a shift you gotta make. It yeah. really is. You gotta consciously make this decision to listen um to what's important to the other person. Why are they sharing this? What must be behind some of this for them, right? And so I think that great questions honestly are the fruit of really good listening. So you can't get there without yeah. listening. And so yeah. that's it. Other centered listening is it's it's a powerful way to interact with other people and they and they really feel empowered by it. Yeah. And and honored. And uh and so it really fuels connection. That's what I found. Now can you can your kids do they know when you're really listening and when you're not? <laughs> Yeah, and that's what we talk about. You know, okay. you think, well, I listen with my ears. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can listen with your body too, right? You can listen with your words. Uh, you can listen with the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. There's there's just different ways that we exactly. listen, and so if we're aware of some of those things, especially our posture, you know, our body language with our kids a lot, it, uh, they do pick up on it. I'll say a middle school student, especially, is one of the most intuitive human beings on the planet. Wow. And so they can pick up on whether or not you're listening quicker than most people right exactly. so, you know my little girl greg she's six years old but 
I'm telling you, she when she wants you to pay attention, like you know, she'll ask you about two times. <laughs> then she'll come over and she'll grab your face and yeah. say, "I need you to listen and yeah. look at me." You know, the other day I we were, uh, she was at gymnastics. Uh, no, she was at uh, a cheerleader camp, and so she wanted me to go with her one day. So I took my laptop and you know, sitting up in the stands, and and she came over twice. Daddy, are you watching me? And I'm oh yeah, I'm watching you. The second time she said, "Daddy." close your laptop and watch me you know and so with that and i find myself okay you know uh, i've been in those situations where uh i was trying to multitask and not really paying attention and but i thank god for a daughter that kind of challenges me to really hey i need to know that you're engaged Mm -hmm. in what i'm doing here and Mm -hmm. i think that's pretty important for parents as well sometimes we get so busy or like you said you know they're talking about things and we start thinking okay what is this going to cost me Mm -hmm. what is this you know how much time how much money how much energy how much effort (laughs) and all this stuff yeah and what about the parents out there that uh you know having trouble breaking through to their kids and they feel like they don't know them or they feel like, you know, what have I done to close my kid off? Or when the kid does come home and begins to say something, do they just want you to listen to them or, you know, cause, uh, well here, let me give you an example. Like when my wife, you know, she'll come home and say, okay, we, uh, this happened today. Yada, yada, yada. I feel like I got to fix it. And she doesn't want me to fix it. She just wants me to listen. Mm. So are young people like that as well, Greg, when they come home and they're open up to you uh, as a parent, do I need to jump into fix it mode or do I just need to listen? Mm-hmm. I think mo- most parents um, have this, a few assumptions that I'd like to just bring into the yeah. picture now, right? One of those would be that my kid is moving, uh, you know, moving away from me. Like, you know, in other words, you know, they're a teenager and, you know, they're moving towards their friends, that yeah. kind of thing. I mean, that can start in middle school sometimes. So, yeah, that's true. But honestly, they're just moving away from the role of child in the family. And yeah. that's, that's that's where good. we struggle a little bit. And so, especially around, you know, working with teenagers. And so, man, the game changer also is what's really going on developmentally is what I want to speak to throughout the book. And so to give you an idea of what's going on internally with kids, right? Yeah. So think about the switch around ninth or 10th grade of a young person who begins to uh, do reflective thinking for the very first time in their life. Like this is a new skill. Like we've been doing it for years, <laughs> thinking about thinking. Like yeah. we have, we can do that. This is a very new thing for young people, yeah. right? And so for sure, man, um, they're they're trying to figure a lot of things out. And these three questions that are bubbling under these surface, you know, um, who am I? Do I matter? And where do I belong? Are usually at the center wow. of most of it. Wow. But to 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 interact and, and have a certain presence with kids that, that honors that and recognizes, you know, empathizes with their search for identity, autonomy, and belonging. Yeah. Um, they pick up on that really quick. Wow. Okay. And so and and again, uh I, I think good parenting is less about um, you know, giving a lot of answers and more about asking a lot of great questions. That's key. That's good. Yeah. That is good. Asking the right questions, good questions. You know, Greg, I got a, got a friend of mine who is, um, he's actually writing a children's book and it stemmed from a conversation that he had with his, his young son, who mm-hmm. I think is still in elementary school, but he said he was just out with him one day and, and his son looked up and said, dad, uh, do I even matter? Like just mm-hmm. trying to, trying to, not so much do I matter to you, dad, but 
but do I matter? And I, th- I thought, wow, that is such a powerful mm-hmm. statement from a young child, you know, mm-hmm. and you just said that they're searching. They are. Uh, you know, for identity, they're searching for who are they and, and do I even matter in, in the scheme of everything that's going on in this world, uh, you know, and here I am, this little part, but do I matter? And mm-hmm. I think as parents, uh, you know, the more we can equip ourselves, Greg, you know, with resources like Riser and other resources out there, I think as parents, we've got to got to be ahead of the game. Yeah. And realize it's because once again, I'll, I always have this conversation with my wife. It's like, babe, our kids are they're growing up in a world that we did not grow up in. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, what can we do to equip ourselves to be able to help them? you know, process and be able to help them as they uh, continue to mature uh, in life. You know, we we find it now, and, and I'm glad that you brought that out when you said, you know, it's not so much as them leaving the parents, but they're just kind of, you know, they're no longer the child, so now they want to be with their friends. Our kids do that every single day. They come home from school, they want to go hang out <laughs> with yeah. their friends. Yeah. And sometimes we're like, no, we need to have some family time. <laughs> Yeah. And that's like pulling teeth at times. It's like, no, we're going to have sure. some family time. Uh, but we don't take that personal. We understand, yeah, they definitely want to be with their friends, but we want to instill into them the value of family as well. well so really loving this, guys. If you're just now jumping in on this uh, conversation with us, once again, guys, we're talking about uh, Dr. Greg Jordan's book called Riser. It's a practical toolkit for strengthening your relationships with young people. Uh, got some great wisdom and advice for uh, parents out there of young kids, preteens, teenagers, or anybody uh, who works with young people. I know Greg is a student ministries pastor, so uh, his life is centered around working with with young people. Uh, And so if you find yourself, maybe you're a school teacher, maybe you uh, work in an after-school program, or you volunteer somewhere that you're helping young people, these are the kind of resources that you need uh, to be equipped with so that you can be effective in know how to handle uh, these types of conversations. Now, I've got just a couple more questions for you, Greg, and thank you once again for uh, for being here and taking the time out to come be on the Next Steps to Better Days podcast. And uh, so, Greg, here's the deal. I'm, I'm going to throw a scenario at you. Yeah, okay? come on. So let's say I'm a, I'm a parent. Let's say I'm a single parent. And, you know, single parent, I'm working two jobs. Hmm. And I've got three kids. And I feel like... My time is so spread thin. What can I do to intentionalize conversations with my kids? They're all different ages, but I don't want them to feel like there's a disconnect between us. What can I do to, once again, intentionalize my time to be effective uh, in the 24 hours I'm given in one day? Mm. Yeah, uh, a couple things come to mind. So the first thing I would say is I came across some really good research that reminded me about healthy cultures uh, depend on healthy relationships, which depend on healthy conversations. So I like to take that to healthy family, right, or healthy marriage. Depends on healthy relationships, depends on healthy conversations. And so when you think about those conversations, you know, you've got those few moments a day, especially if you're working you know, quite a bit, like some days, I, you know, a couple nights a week, like I'm out, you know, yeah. but, but I've got to identify what are those rhythms around my day and my time with my kids? Um, because what I've found is a lot of times conversations with young people, especially the kind we want, we really desire where they're open and sharing things yeah. with us. It really is on their time. 
Now that's gotcha. hard. Yeah. That's yeah. really hard. And so, um, but I've noticed and I've had, you know, in, in the book, I talk about a few parents I will interview where, uh, this commute to um, to taking his daughter to work was a really incredible time to connect okay. with her. Uh, or some of that rhythm for me is at night before bed. You'll just see uh, there are softer spots with your kids yeah. where they're a little more open if you if you pay attention for those. Um, uh, a lot of times they uh, they'll engage even more, and so making the most of those, right? Yeah. Identify. Um, so you saying identify those times where yeah. where it's more uh, advantageous your kids. Or more open, yeah. And you've got that time, and it's more intentional. I love that. You, like mm. you said, even the, the car ride uh, was taking his daughter to work, and that was a good spot right there. And it's like it's to me, it's not so much as the 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 quantity, but the quality. If I can mm. find that quality time in that moment, what yeah. I do, you know, when my kids were younger, <laughs> and I think I got stuck with this job uh, since they were born. But uh, me and my son, we would have our quality time when I would take him up to bed at night, you know, and mm. put him in his, his, he was like in a little day bed kind of crib, but he was old enough. He's two or three, he's talking. And that was our little quality time. He wanted me to lay down on the floor next to the little crib. And we'd, we'd kind of talk a little bit and things like that. And so that just turned into a, here it is eight years later. And I'm the one who puts him to bed every night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when my daughter came along, it's the same thing. Like, daddy, can you come lay down with me too? And yeah. those are those little moments where we would have some, some quality time and talk and we'd say our prayers and, mm. and things like that. So, and they still remember that uh, as well. And so, but those are, those are great tips guys. Uh, if you're listening right now, those are great tips, great ideas of how you can be more intentional uh, with the time that you have. Uh, Cause you know, especially you've got multiple kids, you got to spread that around. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got to spread it around and make sure you're touching base with, with all of them. Okay, Greg, one last question, man. Then we're going to, we're going to let you get out of here. And then mm-hmm. once again, thank you for uh, being a part of the podcast today. So uh, going back to the, to the questions, you mentioned this earlier, but we didn't dive into it a lot. But what makes a question a powerful question? Mm-hmm. And I love that because, you know, once again, we talked about the, the closed questions where you just ask a kid, how was your day? Well, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Boom. That's the end of the conversation. Then we talked about open questions. But what makes it a powerful, powerful yeah. question? Yeah, let me lay one thing out there, and I want to kind of lean into something you you mentioned earlier a little bit. The the young, you know, the kid that asked, you know, Dad, do I matter? I think that's an opportunity right there to open up some really good question asking, Mm -hmm. right? How do you know if it's powerful or not? Well, the first thing is that um, I want to think, am I asking this question for me, or am I asking this question for the other person? Wow. So that's a very different way of approaching question asking. Yeah. You know, because usually if you're asking for yourself, you're just wanting to get more information. Exactly. You're the expert. <laughs> or you just think you can solve the problem, you know, yeah. or, you know, if you just tell me a little bit more. Well, when you start asking and focusing questions on the other person, what you're doing is helping them do the work of reflective thinking, right? Mm. And, and so, good. again, you're it's drawing out. Pulling it out. Right. Yep. So, so drawing out. So in the case of the young man, you know, dad, do I matter? Um, you know, one option is, well, son, do you think you matter? Okay. So that, you know, an okay question, you know, he's probably going to answer sometimes or yes or no. But, but, you know, what, what about the question that opens up to this main idea of do I matter? And son, can you tell me, um, what are the moments in your life when you feel like you matter the most? Wow. What are those like for you? Um, so are there moments in your life, buddy, that you feel like you matter the least? What, what's going on in those mm. moments? So 
I'm asking open questions, right? That that draw out exactly. But you can't say yes or no. And it, and again, you, you know, you've got some really good reflective thinking, which is a, again a, a new thing for these yeah. kids. <laughs> and if I boil it down to this, um, if if there's anything I want my kids to say about me at the end of the day, I want them to say my dad was so curious about my life. Wow. And that's so, powerful. That's that's yeah, huge right there. Yeah. And so a gracious curiosity with your kids about what's going on in them, around them, with their relationships, um, that'll take you a long ways into the heart of your kid. Wow. Definitely words of wisdom right there. I love that. You want your kids to to say, my dad was curious mm-hmm. about my life. That is huge. I've never heard it put that way, but that is huge. That's, that's going to be my walk away from this this podcast here. I love that. I love that. Hey, Greg, once again, thank you for being a part of today's podcast, Next Steps to Better Days. It's been a joy having you uh, here in the studio. Hope this won't be your last time. I know the listeners out there have gained some valuable, valuable information and and, uh, just by listening to the podcast, but I know that's not enough. So Greg, where can our listeners go uh, right now to get more information about you and to get a copy of this book, Riser, a practical toolkit for strengthening your relationships with young people yeah the easiest route is jump on amazon right amazon.com and uh you can search riser uh the book or uh greg joiner that's g-r-e-g-j-o-i-n-e-r and it'll pop up awesome uh, awesome how about your website you have a website greg oh not yet no website yet okay but we will connect uh, you guys uh, when we post this. You can go to his social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, check him out there. I love this, guys. Great book. You're going to want to get a copy of this. Once again, as he said, go to Amazon. Look for Riser. Uh, Greg Joyner, that's G-R-E-G-J-O-I-N-E-R. Get that today, especially if you're a parent. Even if you're not a parent and you know some parents out there that could be struggling with uh, dealing with their young kids, hey, gift this to mm. them. Gift it to them. Uh, this is a great tool, great resource to help uh, with those conversations that we were just talking about that can help shape the lives of young people in this generation. Greg, once again, thank you for being a part of the, today's podcast. Listeners out there, thank you for joining us today. And uh, hey, guys, do me a huge favor. Don't forget, uh, go to my website. AdonisLindsay.com uh, and kind of let me know how you guys are, are, are uh, being affected by the podcast. Uh, once again, continue to share it with your friends and family. And always remember, it's never too late to make your next days your best days. You've been listening to the Next Steps to Better Days podcast with your Next Step coach, Adonis Lindsay. For additional resources or coaching, please visit AdonisLindsay.com.